Alright guys, welcome to the 20th episode of Below the Bar. In this episode, expect to find out the key lessons we learnt from our interrailing trip, why the things you own could end up owning you, and what happens when you eat two steak bakes a day in the Marines. Let's get into it. Right, we're back in Bar X. Welcome back into the HQ. It feels Welcome back in. Feels good to be home. Yeah, baby. <laughs> We've both had a very long day, so this could go left field very quickly. Uh, we start every podcast recently with with a little caveat that we're not up to scratch. <laughs> yeah, because we both washed, lad. <laughs> every podcast abroad, yeah, we're hungover. This one, when we're actually sober, we had a long day, so it might be shit. Yeah, we're at the opposite end of the spectrum now, because we've gone from being hungover... To Mac 10. To Mac 10, I'm actually overworked yeah. now. It, within, within four days of being back, I'm actually in even a holiday. It's, it's a testament to my lack of work-life balance. Well, yeah, I don't have it, any life. It's just extreme. It's just 100% work. Um, so, yeah, today we're going to cover like an overview of the travel fucking... Holiday. We're going to do an audit of our yeah, interrailing trip, basically, yeah. aren't we? And um, the basic premise of the episode is that we've both come up with five lessons that we learn whilst on this trip mm-hmm. that we can then take forward with us into later life, yeah. safe in the knowledge of that. Exactly. So we, we figure that uh, we said this halfway through the trip that um, when you travel and when you're in that sort of environment, everything's amplified. Yeah. And so when you are experiencing something, you're experiencing something to like, and it's like ten x. <clears throat> your your experience of it because you're out of your comfort zone you're kind of there on your own so all those kinds of things just amplify the um, the effect of, of what you're experiencing so that makes you learn a lot about yourself what you like what you don't like what all that kind of stuff so we thought it'd be a good idea to come up with some lessons to learn um, whether that's about us or about the world in general or about the places we've been or whatever don't know what Eddie's are but, but we'll <coughs> find out because we haven't disclosed them to one another no. have we so we decided to go uh, incognito we've yeah. gone incognito before we delve into the lessons yeah. we need to square away the usual segment mm. of Helmet of the Week Helmet of the Week yeah and I'll cover this one because yeah you, you can take the effect because <laughs> this is very personal not not just to us but just to you yeah. effectively so we're going to call it the tea leaf kraut. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to have first sprinkling of xenophobia there and we're the best part of three minutes in. That's good. Uh, so we lost half the listeners, you know that. Um, <laughs> we lost the crowds, but... Uh, that's, that's I just smell anyway. Right. definitely can't worry. Anyway, um, we were staying in our last hostel in Hamburg and Mar- I slept in till 10 and the bloke, I'm assuming the bloke underneath me because he checked out before us. Rob my fucking wallet because I got I had my cards in my wallet so because because I needed them to get into the room so I must have had them in the room at some point <laughs> I then went to sleep got up and then couldn't find them anywhere so I'm mega chill about everything so I was like oh cool it'll be fine fuck it it'll be somewhere I just have lo- like lost it so I went to breakfast and at breakfast I'm like checking on my bank and that and stuff starts coming out of my account like fr- from Hanover which is like forty five minutes away from Hamburg. Um, it's obviously not me. I'm like, this is fucking great, isn't it? Yeah, so this immediately is like, freeze my car. This is like the shittiest who done it ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you've lost your wallet in an eight man dormitory hostel room. Yeah, and it, and it's either the fucking sack it was in the bunk below you, yeah. or the cleaner. Yeah, but the cleaner was back the next day, so he can't be in Hanover. Maybe he must have just, been maybe you just had a front on him. Maybe could he could he could have just he could he could run these like um, like espionage. 
Theoretically, he could commute from fucking Hanover if it's only 45 minutes. Yeah, and he loves Yo Sushi, apparently. So. <laughs> yeah, he was rinsing Yo Sushi. 25 quid in Yo Sushi, bosh, what the fucking hell. Um, he didn't get fucking mercury poisoning. Yeah, <laughs> too much salmon. <laughs> Hopefully. That'll teach him. The bastard. Um, but yeah, so that was, I mean, whoever that is, we don't, I don't nail down the individual, but we know he's a TV Yeah, well, we think it's pretty safe that it's going to be an open case indefinitely, that, isn't it? <laughs> Unless you feel so fucking personal about it that you're going you're gonna to go back to fucking Hamburg and track him down. Well, no, but hopefully he's not using my identity for anything. That'd be shit, wouldn't it? That'd be good, because then he'd be a Walt as well. He literally will be a... Yeah, in that wallet, I had my veterans card and my old military ID. So he now, effectively, is a Royal commander. Yeah. But well, so you just need to start on Instagram now, like that other hat. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of these fucking invent, identity... In fact, if we cover him, he can, be, he can oh, share yeah, helmet he can, of the week. He can definitely can share the fucking Royal what was Marine it? Ben. Royal Marine Ben, shout out, Royal Marine Ben. He definitely watches, by the way. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent. So you're got, a, you're a cunt. He's got this room bugged. <laughs> <laughs> he's I, hopefully, I'm just calling him a cunt. Yeah, he's got the KGB, um, mate. Yeah, so this bloke, if you haven't come across or seen this, Royal Marine Ben. I've Give sh- him his proper title. because oh, yeah. he's a commando. <laughs> I've shared him on my Instagram a few times because people have sent it to me. He's blocked me since getting Eddie to message him. He's now blocked Eddie. He's blocked the podcast page, so I can't now see anything of what's going on. Yeah. Um, unless I make a fucking third account, which I can't be asked. I reached out to him for some one-to-one personal training, and I think he caught on because he blocked me. Yeah, but effectively, he's using very, very up-to-date photos of myself. Um, and so he's like, no, he, he's, he's, he's co- he copy him. He copies your post like the day after you post it originally. Yeah, because he copied the shooting range fot. Yeah, he? yeah, and he used that as his little um, his DP. Little, yeah. yeah, that's fucking. So he's mad. on it. Yeah, he's well, he's, well, he's all over it, mate. It must be his, his sole sole effort. Um, but yeah, it's Royal Marine underscore Ben, and the big red flag here, right? Well, maybe not, but I, yeah, no self-respecting actual Royal Marine is going to put Royal Marine and then their name as their fucking yeah. name. Yeah, that's so fucking chad. I was going to say maybe not because people call themselves commando, don't they, all the time? But um, but, but that's Ro- a bit too yeah, that's bit a too bit... on the nose, that in it. So yeah, if you come across him, block him, report him, or just message him and call him a cunt. Yeah, I think that's our first shared helmet of the week title, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. So congrats, congratulations, you both helmet. Yeah, Bromer and Ben, you shared helmet of the week with with a thief, <laughs> with a tea leaf crowd. Fair play. And you do know that. And you do know that. Uh, okay, so the first order of business here, rather than the lessons that we touched on before. We started to realise that we were texting back and forth, right, throughout the trip. Because obviously we're, we're next to each other, so we normally, sp- normally we just chat. Lot, We basically spent every waking moment of this trip together. Yeah. But we soon realised we'd accumulated, like, a really out-of-context, random kind of text message history. Yeah, For so the brief moments where we were separated, like, in bars or, like, yeah. in the toilet... Well, so without any contacts, we need to go through them now. Right, okay, it's, yeah. Because it, 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 especially earlier in the holiday, they it got is. a bit, they got a bit more fucking coherent towards the end of it. It's hilarious. Uh, I need to find when did it start. For all your listeners, Chef is now trawling through his message history. Yeah, when did we go? What's the fucking? There's no dates on it. I'll do mine because you're because uh, you're admin's toilet. Oh, right, okay, you probably don't. Harry, uh, <laughs> Chef, here we go. You got it. Yeah, I've got it. I've got. Oh, who's Bracky? Fucking hell. Uh. Bloke, <laughs> I just randomly landed on one. Bloke in front on the left is reading the Quran. <laughs> so to give context to that, we were on our flight home, uh, and Eddie in front of Eddie, there was a bloke 
who was reading the Quran um, before we took off. So if that's not a red flag, it's not racist, but that's not a red flag. That's a, that's a red flag, isn't it? Um, are you going to get to the top of these, do you reckon? Or am I going to get to the top first? No, I think I'm here now. Yeah, yeah. You want to tell me? Yeah, there's more than I thought here. I apologies, listeners. This is a this is a testament again to our organisational skills. <clears throat> oh, okay, I got it. I'm in. All right, yeah, I've got it as well. <laughs> got a new start. Uh, where are you? Are you on Monday the fourteenth of August, or are you? Above no, I'm, I'm above that. So my first one is from Eddie. And it just says, <laughs> "Fat people getting their sugar." <laughs> to which you replied, "Gopping airports, aren't they?" And then, and then I re- responded, "Fat woman in front of me had five drinks and used the last of the ice, fuming." So again, that was when we were trying to get, trying to get uh, a Costa coffee, Eddie. Is is much preferring of um, iced coffee. So uh, can we? Uh, can I? Can I draw your attention to Thursday the seventeenth of August? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at two minutes past eight pm. <laughs> right. So no, I mean, no, you, no, you, no. you, 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 best, best, sixteenth. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the same day. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we sat on the train, and I texted you saying the bird next to you was crying before. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Right, so you but, need to explain that. Well. Because I didn't respond to it. Oh, yeah, you didn't. Because I just okay. then started laughing in okay, the carriage. Cool. Yeah, so we sat next to these two girls who were, I don't know, were they from like France or something? I don't know. But you've got, you got to remember the context of this is this is at the height of when we were just fed up with people being fucking saft, effectively. Yeah, well, that's. So we were on a very short really. fuse with members yeah. of the general public. There was these two girls, they were with another bloke who was sat separately and just ran. I'm like doing work, whatever, I'm chilling. And I just randomly look up, and this bird's just streaming in tears. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? She's not talking to anyone. It's not like talking to a mate about it or anything. She's just there, like, sobbing next to you. I thought, has Eddie said something about something to her here? And so I had to text you. But yeah, uh, that was all. Uh, and then later in that day, I think we were in the hostel room at this point, and you'd gone, you'd gone downstairs for whatever reason. Uh, and we'd, we'd had a new female join us in, in our room. Uh and she then decided to do something in the toilet, which I now explain by text. Right, go on. New bird in our grot, full on doing a, a dirty shit to Chris in the bog. No, no, re- no, no respect, re- I can hear it. Yeah. To which you didn't respond. <laughs> yeah, I didn't respond to that, I just giggled, I think. Because <laughs> I was out at that point. <clears throat> right. Uh, <laughs> the second <laughs> one's good. Need right Friday the eighteenth of August. For people that have listened to the last podcast, you re- this is the day that we got a lift to Prague with those German birds, mm. and this is regarding the rendezvous, the subsequent rendezvous that we organised in the, Prague, in Prague on the night out. But this is because we've been stung with so much of this beforehand. So go on. Yeah. So uh, you text me at three minutes past nine saying. Need to establish admin. To which to which I responded, Sigint in capital letters. <laughs> and then you responded an hour and a half later, she said, For, for one, one night, night it's okay with one with loads of laughing faces. <laughs> That's literally what she said. That's hilarious. Let's fast forward that night to uh, <laughs> half one in the morning. Yeah. One thirty seven. You text me saying, Where are you? To which to which I responded. Zone two. Where, where are you? <laughs> which which meant he was he was 
bimbling back from the back from yeah, the hotel room. That, that's not a dish, that's not a geographical region of Prague. I'm on like the heart rate zone there. But I, I, I am running at that point. Yeah. Where are you? I was I was referring to like, you know, a Mackey's or some sort of geographical location that I could lock down. He actually just gave me where he was in his in his cardio respiratory journey. So that was good. That was very, very useful. I said we'll be out in five, wait one, coming now. Um you said search oh search the hostels in, where is it? Okay, I get that. Yeah, I mean the only other thing to note really. <laughs> Plenty to deconstruct. We, the, I mean, we could spend ages doing this, but the only other notable one really is the fot, and we'll put it on oh, screen now. Oh, the yeah. fot of me rotting in my pit. Yeah, I had to take that. That's fucking fun. That's horrible. Like that. So the, in this hostel room, we'll put it on screen now, so you, I can I can talk you through it while it's on screen. <laughs> in this particular hostel in Prague, there were no curtains or anything around the bed. So when people woke up in the morning, they were greeted to this view. Of, of me effectively unconscious in my pit every morning as well yeah and you were in the same position every and if morning. you zoom in there's a nice little like we'll do that we'll do the arse zoom. camel toe right brilliant <laughs> that we'll, you can all indulge in we'll do the that's zoom a treat for, for, the, for the fucking watchers not just the listeners <laughs> instantly sweating again brilliant <laughs> well let's part that now okay and we'll we get onto the phrase. yeah we could do this for ages but we're giving them a taste of the shit well done, you killing Beluga. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Beluga. Anyway, well, she's probably not alive anymore. <laughs> right, five things that we learn travelling round Europe. Yeah. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Quite an easy one to go first and right. to deconstruct. Go on then. I just wrote down, it's easy to be a savage. And the reason, the reason was, I think we said this to each other a couple of times, the amount of people like we saw a good subset of the population I feel like yeah and I couldn't help but think they were subpar yes and so in order in my mind to, to rise yourself above those people it doesn't take fucking much and so if you're going to put a little bit of effort in a little bit of you know you're going to work hard at something then you're probably going to be in the top sort of 10% because the fucking bottom 90% have wrapped yeah, we were exposed to a lot of individuals on this trip, and none of them really filled me with much faith for humanity. Well, not just no like drive. No, this actually discernible. This drive. isn't the same as my first one, but they're overlapping. So I'll introduce mine. Okay, now, go so for it. Yeah, yeah. My my first one is crackheads are universal. Okay, yeah. In, in, so I've got, it's the same point, but I've come it from a different angle. Yeah, the idea that the grass isn't always greener. You know, I sometimes have this perspective of you know everyone's got this themselves squared away in Europe. Oh, yeah, you, you know, in other countries, the UK is just full of fucking shitbags. Mm. But it turns out... They're everywhere. Everyone's wrapped everywhere. Yeah, basically. That, that's, that's very true. You always do say that. Um, I think, you know, Europe, everyone's like squared away. Everyone's. Like, What's that stereotype? Isn't it? Oh, the Germans, like, they're yeah. fucking so efficient. They do everything well. But it turns they're out... They're Their all welfare that. state must be fucking dog shit. Yeah. yeah. The, amount of, the amount of people just wandering around who are like... Got one leg or a fucking just limping and pissed. And all I felt the time. like I'd walk on, like, walked onto the set of the fucking Walking Dead or something. It's crazy, man. Like, you will see in a day, like, well, it, every hour you see five. Hey, easy, mate. Every hour you yeah, see five. Yeah, the, the, the crackhead per fucking per capita, per capita ratio in like Hamburg it in seems Munich higher. is mental. But I think it's, we don't live in a city, obviously. You go into Birmingham, whatever, and that, that can. It can. It, it, it definitely increases, but I don't think it's, it's as high as it was there. Everywhere in Germany was mental, mate. So many so many people who were just at, fucking, at their wits' end. Like, 
drug addicts, drunk, like whatever. To be fair to them, they had double down on it. She True. can't they say that they no had half measures in general. Yeah, they yeah. had du- they had double down. You can't say that they weren't digging out for it. Well, they couldn't form any coherent sentences. <laughs> but uh, but, it's, but they, it's they, unnerving going around. And uh, like you say, and like linking back to my kind of my point, it makes you 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 feel almost that I don't know because that I feel like that subset of people isn't. Well, it depends which way you look at it, right? So if you look at it from a selfish perspective, you feel good because it's like makes you feel better about what you can achieve as an individual. Guess, yeah. If you look at it from a global or societal perspective, it doesn't fill you with much confidence. No. Because a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Well, yeah, and, and these people should be swept up and should be looked after. Yeah, and exactly. The fact that that's not happening is, is a red flag. And the fact also that those people have felt the need or... or somehow got themselves into that situation is a damning yeah. reflection on society because there must be a massive there's a mass- issue in terms of like fulfillment and whatever with with those kind of people in germany because th- what why is there so much of it like it's, it's there must be like masses of wealth inequality yeah I, I always thought that like uh mainland europe was more kind of socialist in its politics so, so you wouldn't expect it but so. from what i was exposed to it wouldn't appear that way no i don't think it is um it just all it just everyone's just wrapped. I think to be fair, there's an element of major city, and we saw this on TikTok with the Vegas storm drains. Um, so like a major, major city, genuinely, <laughs> the I infamous think, Vegas storm. Well, genuinely, I think I'll, 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 explain, I'll expand on this, but like people go to a big city because that's where the bright lights are. It happens in um, LA and all that sort of stuff. So like you, you know, you go from wherever your rural town is. You think I'm gonna make it? I'm gonna go to Berlin. Yeah, right. you follow your dreams, don't you? Yeah, and you, you go, go to the big city, to the bright lights, to make your fortune. Yeah, and you go to Berlin, realise you've got no discernible skills, and then try and stay in Berlin, and in doing so, become a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the best articulation of that idea I've ever heard. Yeah, so but, the Vegas storm yeah, drain yeah. anecdote is uh, the fact it's that crazy, basically yeah. people go to Vegas and try and win their fortune, lose all their money, and basically end up not even on the streets, but below that mm. in the fucking storm drains under the city. Yeah, and then there's like a whole culture of people. yeah. There's a whole kind of underworld. Community, there's a whole yeah. underworld community below the the shiny casinos of Vegas, who are there because, because they've lost everything with a massive gambling habit, really addictive. Whatever they're probably doing okay, and then they fucked all their money away, couldn't afford anything, yeah, like anything, and then they've just degraded ever ever since then now they can't afford absolutely anything they they rebel against the system or whatever and now they stay in these storm drains and what the the telling thing was it's not like they they stay and just exist there and that's cool it's like if they turn that floodgate on yeah for whatever reason they they're gone like there's no, there's no question and they interview the bloke about it and he's he's living in there he's like how long does it take them for when you know when they turn that on to when you know about it and he's like it's instant you don't know yeah. about it. <laughs> so they effectively just get flushed through the city at hundreds of miles an hour. Yeah. In kind of like a... Like a film. Like a tubular fucking tornado, like whirlwind tornado, and they just get launched out somewhere in the middle of the desert. Yeah, but that's the anecdote. But like, <clears throat> that was what it kept reminding me of. And I think that is the case sometimes with these bigger cities. It definitely oh, Definitely Berlin. <clears throat> Berlin has all the hallmarks of a place where you go to kind of, uh, with like young and young aspirational, aspirational and you slowly develop a drug habit you know and you'd fall behind on your rent and mm. you'd lose your job and before you know it you're a smackhead 
True. Well, now the smackheads are allowed on YouTube. But the thing is, it's like it's like before <laughs> they even get to the smackhead stage, the people of Berlin are cosplaying that anyway. Yeah. Because yeah, they dress yeah. like they're homeless. True. They they uh, they don't wash. Uh, and they're effectively nocturnal and just do drugs all day. That's fair. Yeah, so you, you're effectively... Like so you're, if anything, you're a crackhead then, before you're a crackhead. If anything, they're, man, they're like method acting, the crackhead, before they get... You're a crackhead now, but with a wage packet. Yeah, exactly. You and just then need when to... that wage packet drops off, you know, you're just crackhead. Yeah, exactly. So uh, apologies if you do live in Berlin, but uh, unlucky. The, um, I, I think what happens in LA a lot, right? That's why, that, that's the skid row. Yeah, that's the... That's horrible, mate. That happens all... Because LA is the big... Oh, you want to be an actor in or an actress in in America? You go from Nebraska and you come to LA. Yeah, it happens yeah. all like fucking hundreds of times a day, probably. Well, everything's exacerbated in America as well, isn't it? Everything's on a bigger, yeah. grander scale. And of course, so, they have zero healthcare, zero anything. Like yeah, exactly. That. So, like when you fuck it in America, you, you fuck, fuck it, it hard. Yeah, yeah. They don't do half measure, which I can write. Um, okay, so that was your first one as well, right? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Um, I wrote these down while I was cooking eggs before, so this That's is nice. This is There's a lot of thoughts going on. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that's, um, yeah, my ability to get distracted is terrible. So I'll tell you why I um, yeah. I kind of thought about this. was So normally I'm working, I, f- I feel like I'm productive mm. when I'm working, but I don't realise that I'm you know looking at my phone every couple of minutes, whatever, I'm looking at the stuff's going on. Whatever. But, but there was a time when we were on, on, our, on the good train with like four and a half hour one. Yeah, where I locked in and I was timing my work block and timing my fucking rest block, or whatever. <clears throat> I locked into a really good productive state <clears throat> with obviously no distractions because you're on a fucking train. There's no, nothing to yeah, nothing to really, nothing to do. I had noise cancelling headphones in. I was good to go, and I realised how much fucking output I could do in an, well two hours effectively of work broken up, an hour and then fifteen minutes an hour. I pretty much got my week's work boxed off. Right in two hours mm. of uninterrupted, undistracted work, there or thereabouts, got it, got it done. But at home, it takes me across the week because there's so much going on. I'm pulled left, right, and centre. I'm getting whatever. So I feel like I don't know. We just don't realise until you've put into, until you're exposed to something, a situation where almost you're forced to concentrate, or there's not not as many distractions. Yeah, you don't realise how much you get distracted. Well, you're in an enclosed space there on that train, aren't you? <clears throat> yeah. The only thing you really could channel your attention into is that work. Yeah. And, and the fa- people, but I obviously have got... And uh, you fa- yeah, I was going to say, so you cancelled the people out, which was a distraction, and you found a method of working which gave you a bit of a break. Mm. Was it 60 on, 15 off? It was 60-15, I did, yeah. Because I feel like after 60, I was like, because I'm working quite focused, I was getting a bit knackered after... Like My focus was just going, so it was diminishing returns after that time. After the fifteen break, like yeah. t- like the, between ten and fifteen on the break, you're like, oh, okay, I, could, I feel like I could go again here, and then you go again for the hour. But it's just so easy to procrastinate at home, isn't That's it? That's the thing because there's just so many open loops that you can fucking go and dabble in. Exactly that, but there's nothing, there's none of that on the train. No, because doing anything is mega like loads of admin. So like getting up and getting your scran out from your bag is like loads of admin. So yeah. anything you anything you do that isn't easy, you won't necessarily do so it. It forces your hand basically. Yeah, exactly. And it just taught me a little bit about how easily I get distracted, how potentially like how mo- how much more productive I could be if I was to enact some something like that at home. Because difficult at home, especially when you work at home. I've got my fucking dog barking and my mum's like, Fucking can you do this? So like, Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Well, mentally as well, there's that weird juxtaposition, isn't there? Because it's like it's your place of work, but equally it's your place of rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's absolutely it's 
God, it's very disjointed, isn't it? But well, you find that in COVID, don't you? There's no, there's no discernible difference between your place of work, your place of re- <coughs> place of like rest and re- recovery, I guess. Yeah. So like normally you have like a, a definite. This is my place of work. This is where I work, and you have like a, a transitional period, like a your commute effectively is 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 winding you down or winding you up the, the other way to get to the get to one or the other. If you just go from your bedroom to your office. And then back to your bed. It's not that. Yeah, there's no slow transition there, is no. it? It's, and it's quite mentally draining to just keep vaulting between the two yeah. all day. Yeah, exactly. It's just strange. I don't know what I'm action-wise. I'll take from that, but definitely I've I've enacted the um, the work thing with a sixty on fifteen half. I've done that a bit more, which is definitely helpful. Um, but I think maybe at some point getting an office would be great if I could just lock in somewhere and be like, cool. I'm gonna do this for an hour. This because yeah. otherwise, then you don't get distracted. But no, I don't know, I don't know if you found the same. Yeah, no, I, d- I definitely found the same. Uh, and German <clears> trains <throat> are shit as well. Although I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Very true. They are. That's been a known fact. Apparently, since the nineties, so that's good. Yeah. Oh, this is to be fair. My second one is kind of along the same lines, but not entirely. They're two right, serious okay. ones. These I like this because it gets a bit fucking. <laughs> it goes a bit left field later. Okay. Cool. Right. Okay. So. Basically, I need routine and consistency yeah. to do anything worthwhile and productive in my life. Yeah, because otherwise it all just, lost your head. Because otherwise I do just lose my head. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same <clears throat> to a point. I think I have a bit more tolerance for it. That sort of sporadic nature of life, just because it happens in the military, you have control completely um, taken off you, and and you have to kind of deal with that. I'm not great at it, but because I was done it doing it five years, probably better than you, because you you never had to maybe deal yeah, with that. Yeah, exactly. Well. Um, yeah, so it, I'm the same. I definitely that was part of the reason I got sick of the military because I need that my own. It's structure. And it's the structure more than anything. Like it's not necessarily the environment. Mm. Like it's not the places that I didn't find it overwhelming. I just right. need the structure of like good food, sleep. Is it like predictability? Fitness. Because you know when you rock up to a new city and you're not sure. I'm not sure whether I'm going to get a good meal. I'm not sure whether I'm going to get a gym because I don't know. Uh, it's that <laughs> unpredictable nature of it for me. That's what I find difficult because if I was getting to a place where I've been before and I was like, okay, I know there's a gym here. It's this much. They're going to let me in this time. I'll be sweet. Mm. I'll be fine. I guess I, it's not that I didn't enjoy it or like I found it stressful, but like I want about in terms of being productive, I need certain things. Yeah. It's like I need good food. I need sleep. I mean, I, I, I'm not unique. unique in that. Everyone needs that. No. But like, it is very jarring when you're travelling and you spend most of your day. Well, a lot of people can operate like that though. I think it is very fairly unique. But I think we maybe... Well, it's just, not, like, it's maybe not sustainable job. though. No, I like, mean, You can't operate to a high level eating shit ultra-processed food indefinitely. No, but this is what I was going to say. So you might maybe hold yourself to a quite a high standard with how your like, yeah, start prob- state is. Yeah, probably. So like your energy levels, your focus levels, your productivity levels, all those things are probably at a decent level at home. So when mm. that takes a knock because of lack of sleep or hungover or whatever, that's probably double... Uh, it's, it's double for you because yeah, that's you're probably not used fair. to it. <clears throat> um, I think that's probably where I would go. But I think I'm, I'm similar again. I, I definitely need structure and routine and I need to be almost like for the most part in control and have autonomy over yeah, my situation but the thing I'm very much a uh, if you're going to do it do it properly like I'm not a half measures person Yeah. so like unless everything's optimal mm. for me to be productive I'll just wrap and go the other way 
that's, that's why. So true. That's why I can only binge drink. That's so I can't true. just have two pints because if I'm gonna drink, I'm gonna get pissed. That's mental. Your kitchen sink approach you are. Yeah, I am. Yeah. You're the worst kind of client, but um, <laughs> but luckily you've gone the other way with the kitchen sink, which is which is great. <laughs> yeah. Most people are like that, to be honest. Most people have that attitude, but they have it in the wrong way, um, and so and they haven't got the commitment or the love for it like you do. You kind of you enjoy training, enjoy eating well, yeah. So it's fine for you because it's something you enjoy. If it was a if it was a strive for you, if it was something you had to actually <clears throat> work for, like it is for most people, you'd go all the way in and think, oh fucking hell, this is too much after a week, and then fuck it off. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, it's interesting. And I do think most people are, are like that. But there are people who, like my sister, she can just fucking... I can't, I really struggle to just like switch on to one thing for a bit and then switch on to something else for like a little bit. I have to do, if I start something, I have to finish it. Oh, uh, fair. I'm not like that, I don't think. I am bad with like open loops. That's what, it's like, the same thing. <clears throat> yeah, if I open a loop, I, I kind of need to close it. Um, but every, I think that is a, a human brain thing. I think everyone's yeah. like that. I basically, I just can't fucking relate to these rap pans in hostels who get up, do nothing all day, yeah, and just kind of fucking float through the ether. That's good though, because you shouldn't fucking float through life. As yeah, I know, I know. But like, what are they doing? Well, I don't know. Like, what exactly? It comes back to like personal standards. It comes back to everything we speak about. Is is like um, having a, a fucking minimum standard for yourself, yeah, and not going through life on autopilot. And thinking and do, and not thinking about what you're doing. That's how people get into every bad situation in life, isn't it? That's how people get yeah. obese. That's how people all, all that sort of stuff because you just float through, no forethought about what's going on. Um, in fact, this is another point. It's not even on my list, but we'll raise it now because it's interconnected. The illusion, right, that these people that go travelling for months on end are like fucking Marco Polo. You know, they're like discovering lost fucking cities every day. Yeah, and they're like communicating with local tribes. It's bollocks. If you know someone, right, who's gone on a gap year or is travelling for a prolonged period of time and they're not extremely wealthy, chances are they're spending 80% of their time fucking rapping in their pit. Fair. Fair point. That's true, isn't it? Fair point. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Because again... Because like I had this illusion for years. Yeah, I know you did. And it, it was been... The myth has firmly been busted yeah. on this trip. This is why when I went travelling at the end of last year for three months which is a fair amount of time not a fucking year but it's a fair amount of time this is why because we tried to do as much as possible yeah we spent best part of like fucking 15 grand that's what I mean because you have to because you have to because if you are going to do shit you are going to so all these people that go away with the best part of fucking five pounds the Mars bar right what are they doing they're rapping because you you can't afford to do anything but this is the other point though it does depend on your perspective because there are things to do in Budapest or whatever that are free or that are really cheap that you can do. Yeah, but, I guess, but, but within, within people limits. People choosing just to fucking rap. Like we, we were saying when we saw it, like the people, like you say, who had massive backpacks, obviously there for months, who were just sitting in their bed doing fuck all, scrolling TikTok, which you can do at home. When you're in a city you've never been before where you're there for like three days, go and just sit in a coffee shop and yeah. watch it, watch the world go by, That's do what something, I mean. read a book. Because we'd be, we'd be out of the hostel most of the day and every time we'd come back to the hostel, they'd be there. Also, you're staying in a fucking hostel. It's not a five-star suite. Yeah, why would you want to be in yeah, it? Yeah, you don't want to be... The reason you stay in a hostel is like a, it's a bolt hole. You stay there and then you're out and you're back in. Like you, all it is is a place to just rest. That's what I mean. And it's like 30 degrees, the height of summer in Europe. It's not like it's shitting it down. 
go and explore the streets in that, a park. That doesn't cost money. Yeah. Wait, I know, well, I know it doesn't cost money because we record our podcast there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that that's a that's a really good point. That's a separate point, but it's, it's a good point. It's kind of interrelated. Right, yeah. what are we on now? Number three. Yeah, um, go on, hit, hit me. <laughs> this is quite random, I guess. Never sit in the way end at a foreign football match. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. It's very niche. This is a... This is... This relates to our trip to what Slavia Prague play uh, what is it? Uh they play, to be honest. Oh, was it? Something Kostavia or something. Fuck yeah. it. Some other some, some Czech shit. minnow some <laughs> Czech minnow team. <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, I mean Slavia Prague would be shit as well. Yeah, football wise it was a bad time. Um but the atmosphere was awesome. Electric, like, wasn't it? Same as when I've been to see foreign football once before in Croatia. It's exactly the same. The football is pretty toilet, but the the fans, certainly the away fans on that, that occasion, were like in full voice for 90 minutes straight. Yeah. I don't go to many football matches, so I can't really compare to the UK, but I don't think it's like that, is it? Like 90 no, minutes, well, 100% in so, voice. So for years, I had a season ticket at Wolves and then to Villa. Mm. I don't support any of the clubs, by the way, so don't come for me. They're just, our, they're, they're just our nearest teams, and I wasn't going to trek to Anfield every week. So, uh, and No, they're not. No. Premier League atmospheres are incredibly sterile. That's shit. Is that a symptom of like the commercialisation of football? Mm, I think it's a symptom of the cultures, to be honest. You reckon? Yeah, but yeah. football in the UK was notoriously hooligan-related in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. Because I, so. I wrote my master's dissertation about it. Not on to brag. Of course you did. Um, yeah. I think it, it becomes Maybe. sterile because it becomes more commodified and commercialised. So oh, you push yeah. out all of the actual proper fans and you bring in the fucking prawn, the prawn sandwich brigade, yeah? Yeah, people are having starters before football matches. Exactly, well, it's just like, if you think about it, the barrier to entry, like how much does it cost to go to a Prem game? Well, we were talking about the other day, weren't we? Trying to go and just ad hoc go and see... Um, it's, well, it's impossible. Liverpool, Villa, you can't. It's like, that's mental. Because you have to be like a member of like the supporters club or whatever to yeah. even gain access to even get access to tickets and then it's all a points based system so if you're not a season ticket holder it's like getting into Australia yeah it's, it's fucking harder <laughs> um, yeah it's fucking mad but yeah anyway <clears throat> the reason I said don't sit in the way is because the fans are fucking mad well they're passionate aren't they yeah that's what you want to see yeah at a football game exactly and both stadiums I've been to abroad with these little tiny European clubs They've had a fucking housing for the ultras or for the for the away yeah. team, and it's always like caged off, separated from all the other stands because otherwise they'll just run amok. You know what I noticed, right? As Larry and as uh, heartfelt as their support was, mm. it wasn't necessarily aggressive. No, that's true. In the same, so I've watched a lot of Premier League football games, right? And whilst there's not the kind of choreographed chanting mm. and big kind Which of class. pyro displays, yeah, that's class. There is a lot of one-on-one fan confrontation over the barrier. Mm, true, there wasn't much of that. And but, also, in our end or wherever we No, were, I'm saying that's a good thing though. Yeah, I know. So I'm saying it's actually more about just generating a good atmosphere and cheering on your team Rather as opposed than. to getting leathered and then spending 90 minutes not watching the pitch yeah. but just calling out some hat who supports the other team 10 feet away from you. Yeah, organising a scrap after the game that's never going to happen. Yeah, true. Well, also, that was kind of exemplified by the fact there was away fans in our... Yes! In our thing. So if that was a 
Liverpool Everton or whatever. <laughs> no, you'd have gone for no well, I've seen it happen, you get dragged out by yeah, the yeah. stewards straight away. Yeah. Because you'll get leathered. It's mad, isn't it? But yeah. they, it was almost they were like cheering. It was well, like an it? in joke, wasn't yeah. it? They're like, hey, <laughs> you supports the other team and their shit. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, maybe you, should, maybe you could sit in the uh, away end, but you wouldn't know any of the songs. You would look a bit shit. Um, yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that. Fuck, uh, what's this one? No, that's that's my uh, third one. <laughs> yeah, so my third one is commercial gyms are shit. And that's, u- and that's universal as well. Yeah, agreed. And that is very universal. Remember that one in Vienna? Yeah, that soulless. Was mental. It was like a Sims game. Only out, only yeah, just full of NPCs, yeah. wasn't it? It was mad. It was like there was no music. It was the most sterile environment ever. But I think it was it may be amplified by the fact that we'd been training in cross in like really cool amped up CrossFit gym. Yeah, you go from that to that environment, you think fucking hell, this is really shit. But maybe if we'd just gone straight there from JD, we'd maybe think, ah, it's just normal. But the one in Munich was mental as well. Who was that? The one where we went to the CrossFit gym, is it? It's meant to like not only are people moving in fixed movement patterns on the machines, but they'll stop their set and then do like a fixed movement. But it's like they are genuinely like video game characters. They'll they'll do the same walk to the paper towel rack, exactly the same steps, and then back to the machine, and then they'll do their set again. I know. It's like a video game. Watching it air really on Sims, and then you've told him to go and do tries. Yeah, yeah, tries. It's mental. It's fucking mad. And you're walking around like digging out because you're actually training with intensity. Yeah, and like you're picking up weights and stuff and moving around all these people, and they just look confused. Yeah, it's like they've never seen anyone train before. Well, they haven't. Because that's all they're exposed to all the time is their own training, and then the people who train at that time in that gym, which are training with no intensity. So. From an environment standpoint, it's never gonna drive any fucking results, is it? Because it's terrible. Yeah. I always I had this issue sometimes with my um my old gym. You know, when I worked in the the quite bespoke yeah, personal yeah, training yeah. studio kind of vibe. It wasn't as bad because they still had like music playing and whatever. But like any gym where someone's gonna tell you to turn the music down is he's a red flag. It's not a place where you want to be training. Yeah, that's really. bollocks, isn't it? Because if you're doing like a fucking ten match back squat. And then you've got Eminem blaring, and someone comes in like, "Yeah, turn that down, mate. I'm gonna cough. I'm gonna coffee shop it. Fuck off, mate. You know what I mean? You don't want that. That's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, commercial gyms in the UK at least have made going to the gym accessible to the masses. That's a fair point. And yeah. we have to accept that because not everyone can afford to go to a Gucci. I think we've got to cover that because it's not just that either. It's the accessibility of like kit because we always bash on machines and treadmills and their use of space which is terrible but if every gym was a crossfit gym layout no one would go because no one would know what the fuck to do yeah so or everyone would need a coach which isn't sustainable yeah true so they do have their plays they do have the plays to get people moving but i still think you know a bank of treadmills and a bank of stair step is or cross trainers what is that (laughs) so much so much space and they're a concept two kit that you could get that's fucking so much better than that yeah and you could have a quarter of the space, and he's so much more. Have you seen how much is space fucking, efficient? How much is a techno gym treadmill? Thousands. Let's have a look. How much is a C two rower? A thousand. A lot of grand. There you yeah, go. It's a grand, yeah. Right. Well, they, uh, a watt bike. This is the other thing. A watt bike. You know the red ones. Yeah. They're really, really good. They don't. Um, they're about two and a half grand, but they never have them in no. the, in these gyms. Those spin bikes are ridiculously expensive, but. 
to drop down from that Concept 2 bike, which are hoofing. Concept 2 bikes. They're a grand. Goated, by the They're way. They're cheaper than all. They're so good. I mean, so, they, they could make underrated over eight, but we won't do them. Concept 2 ooh. bikes are fucking <clears throat> unreal. Yeah, so uh, a Techno Gym My Run is 3.5k. Right. Right. You could get one of them fucking free moving treadmills, them assault fitness ones, for like four. So, so get rid of like six of your 10 treadmills. Yeah. Have four good assault runners. And then if, if and then have like loads of C two bikes. Yeah, work done. You want to do like fucking intervals, right? Get one of those Gucci curved treadmills. Yeah. If you want to go on a long run, go outside. Yeah, or a walk. Flat treadmills. Flat treadmills are void now. They are. In my mind, they they're just 100%. so they're so void. I actually used to get annoyed when I was hit, doing hit classes because there's only a certain amount of cardio kits. We had like two normal treadmills and one assault fitness treadmill. Yeah. So I'd I'd have one station on the run. So I say, right, go for your treadmill. Every single time someone chooses the shit treadmill. So it means in the time interval, there's like a minute, yeah. 10 seconds of that set spent with them turning it on, getting oh, it to the right God. speed. I'm like, bro, this is supposed to be fucking hit class. Yeah. Get on that one, because it starts straight away. Anyway, um, a bit of a tangent, but... But, <clears throat> but yeah, basically, commercial gyms <clears throat> are shit. Yeah, they are. They have their place, <clears throat> but ultimately, they're not what we're looking for, are they? And we've realised that. No, well that's it, well, and we need to change that. We do, and we we are we are going to change that because as it's... good as JD Gyms has been to me, I have reached a juncture in my life now where well, I, I'm where I have to then. Where, where I have to leave them. I was going to say leave them behind, right? But I am better than. <laughs> Mum's just found out about the tickets. By the way. Oh, that's yeah. gone down well. Um, Has she tried to ring you yet? No, yeah, that, that'll come. Yeah, that'll come. I'll do it live on it. Um, well, is it my four or your four? Your four you're, right? you're going first, aren't you? So you do. Are you done four? Oh, commercial gym. I just three. Done, I did three, three yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm lost. Uh, okay. So, this is definitely going to be agreed upon by you. Bro, I like this. So, more echo chamber. Yeah. Sobriety may be the greatest lever that you're not pulling. Yeah. Well, we've spoken about this before, haven't we? Yeah, we have, yeah. About well, like, prolonged we... periods of sobriety and then you, you just drink to celebrate occasionally. Yeah. But we're going to... Aren't we going to enact the Ollie March on Drew? <laughs> yeah, we are going to enact the Ollie March on Drew, yeah. Um, but so, I know this was obviously something we've, th- we've thought about before because we've spoken about it, but on this trip it was massively, again, amplified like anything else because on the days, the odd day that you are sober, you have so much more bandwidth and so much more energy. Yeah. And the majority of like 80% of the days where you're hanging out, it's just like a blur, isn't it? You're yeah, like, it's, it's actually light and day. Like, again... Because we were travelling and it was so kind of one extreme condensed. to the next and condensed, it it's kind of really like juxtaposed, isn't it? Mm. So like those days when we were hanging, we were hanging like we and we had so like say one of us had a call or we need yeah. to do some programming. Yeah, it was fucking. It was a no go. It took us like four times as long as it should have done. Well, yeah. Linking back to my old point, my first point about or well, second point about distraction uh, and taking longer to do things. Like when you're hungover in that state. <laughs> Like a twenty-five minute program update now takes an hour and a half, and you're like you sat there and you lose concentration, zone out for a minute, and then you come back. And it's like half an hour later. But you're on Tuesday still. It's like, yeah, because you like, sat in the world's shittiest Starbucks, right? Yes. Just with fitter open in front of you, and your mind is just a blur, and you're just having intrusive thoughts. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. There's so many because like, you might because emotionally you think... you're so up and down when you're hungry. Yeah, I because <laughs> I'm not. I'm never. Well, in the past, like. Maybe eighteen months, I really maybe two years. I haven't actually been hungover that many times, and so 
it's I haven't really experienced it too much but because we're experiencing it like on the daily yeah the amount of intrusive thoughts you have and the emotional roller coaster you go on from waking up hungover to it like eventually leaving your system at like 5pm is mental man it's not good for you is it no it's ma- it makes you make very impulsive decisions so many impulsive decisions yeah to the extent where I just fucking went and bought, I just lost my head and bought a pair of two hundred pound Oakleys. And wore them in the last podcast. And I wore them that. in. Actually, yeah, you will be aware because I did wear them in the last podcast, and they are I'm now. Surprised not wearing them now. I did think about it actually, but I'll, I'll reframe. Uh, we got bright lights. It's fair. Um, but yeah, I think it's like it's so true, especially if you're like, I don't know, if you're twenty two and under, I think maybe this isn't the time for you. But after twenty two, I think don't go sober, maybe, but like. I think, no, I, I'm with you on that. Like twenty two and under, like because there isn't there is an aspect of it as well where you do need to get it out your system. Well, there are seasons of life like Bill Perkins. Yeah, exactly. Right? And like that is a time in your life when you can afford. Yeah, to like go out and enjoy yourself. Old you will only be twenty one year old. Yeah, because they're very formative years, and you want out. You're gonna go and meet people. You want to have fun. Mm. But when you get older than that, you get responsibilities. Mm. You 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 kind of value alignment shifts. This is why you always see it, don't you, in like nightclubs where you see like the. F- 38 year old bloke who's still in there clinging on to it yeah, and, it's like, and it's like it feels a bit icky then it's like feels yeah. like, oh, it's not right that but then, and then equally when I was like 18 or 19 I'd see like 30 year olds mid people in their mid 30s just drinking at bars mm. you know and it didn't look fucking mental you know they're just having a bit mm. of a dance and there's like a bit of a fucking chilled out DJ going on and I looked at that and I thought that's shit, shit that. And that's now my idea of a good night. That's now what I seek out. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, actually yeah, now yeah. what I look for in a night out. Which is, it's, it's mad. So if you if you are listening a bit younger, just know that, because we all thought, we all think the same, right? When you, like you say, when you're 20 or 19 or whatever, you look at the, how older people spend their time and their and free think, time. And you think, what the fuck are you doing that? What you do? why, aren't, why aren't you in the clubs? What's yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Um, but it's because they don't enjoy that anymore. So when you're that age, double down and fucking enjoy it. And yeah. And then, you'll get older and you will grow out of it a bit. So it's one of them things. It's like... It's um, hard to, it's hard to articulate because it just comes across as patronising, doesn't it? You just mm. sound like your nan. Well, yeah, true. Like, oh, and we I, are only 25. When I was your age. But yeah. it is true. You, you're like, your values do shift with age because you no, mature. Yeah, we, and you we, evolve. It's value. You do value different things. Like, yeah. we, I definitely don't didn't value my energy and productivity as much as I do now when I was 18. Like, obviously, obviously. Yeah, exactly. When I was fucking... Right. When I was, when did I meet? So when I was 21, yeah, I would come back home every, so I was in the Marines then, I would come back home to, to here every weekend. I'd go out Friday and Saturday. Yeah. I'd seek out the most crazy fucking, yeah, you would. most whatever. Every every time, without fail, <clears throat> I would have, my minimum standard for finances was a thousand pounds in the bank. If yeah. I had a thousand pounds, I was good to go. That's <laughs> mental, right? I was thinking, yeah, a thousand pounds cover like random insurance going up, be fine. That is fucking obscene. And that was my attitude all the way from like 18. I was in full time employment all the way from 18 to 21 and a half. And that was always my attitude towards finances. I was yeah. like, well, as long as I've got enough to fucking survive, I'll be sweet. Yeah, because for a while, you, you were known as the guy who would just say yes to any motive. Yeah, I'll you be could yes. always be relied If you were back, you yeah. could always be relied on. To to bolster numbers, yeah. To pride in that, yeah. Because if people were on the fence, to get you on board, then that's Rally at least the two people, isn't it? Rally yeah, the yeah. Um, so I was terrible for it. So I've been, I've been there, believe me. Um, and I'm, and I'm not like back. now, but well, I guess I could still be. I'm just still a yes man, to be honest. Um, I still, I still go out all the time, but uh, I do rain in a little bit more. 
and have a different attitude towards finances. Um, but yeah, that was a good one. Do you want to hear my fourth? I do. Right, okay. The odds of you being born in the right place are, min- are minuscule. Trademark, Bill Perkins. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. That's good. It's yeah. so true yeah, though, and it was. It became more apparent to me the more that we travelled about. Mm. Like the world is so big. Mm. If you just stay in the place that you were born, the chances are you're missing out on so much that life has to offer. That's what travel does to you, isn't it? Because it, it literally broadens your perspective, which is yeah. the idea. So like, it does just you think because because when you're I don't know first twenty years of your life you're in the same kind of place pretty much bar holidays and stuff you're in the same place so you think well this is pretty much it must be like this everywhere same. But, it, but it's, shit, it's all you know. That's what I mean. See, that is all you... The only experience you have to draw on is that. Yeah. So you don't know. You, you don't know. You quite literally don't know. So it's a but, process of trial and error, effectively. Yeah. But this really hit home for me, what you said there, is like the chances of that individual place out of all the places in the world that are fairly similar with little nuances, all the places, the chances of that being the right place is minuscule because... There's so many of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and your values and alignment, your value alignment, probably now certainly, won't be the same as your parents' value alignment. Your parents are the people who, who move to where you live, right? But so even, it wasn't your choice. So, so whoever you are now, and whoever you, wherever your values and stuff are now, you need to, to find somewhere that nurtures and and, um, and aligns with them. Exactly. But equally, even if you do have the same value alignment as your parents. They moved to this specific place at a certain time in history. You know, places change as well. Places change. So it's more complicated than that as well. True. And also think about when they moved here, so or wherever they are. So like if they moved when they were like forty five as a retirement plan, you're now twenty two, is that yeah. the same same is it offering in life? The, is it offering the Probably same not. thing for you as is for them? It's not, is it? So it's definitely it's definitely worth travelling about and thinking and even if you go out, go out and think, actually, I do quite like where I'm, where I'm at. Yeah. At least you've tried. At least you've gone and, and seen something. At least you know because it's again, it's like an open, it's a constant open loop. That isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it's never, it's always going to be open. Yeah. But the more you travel, the more you can close it. The more it closes. <laughs> yeah. It's one, yeah. And even if and people have this fear of going somewhere and they don't like it, that's good because yeah. then you don't, then you know you don't want to live in that place. Case in point. Vienna. Vienna? Yeah, so you could be dour about it and think, oh, well, that was a waste of time. Or you can have the op, you know, have a glass half full perspective of, actually, I've experienced it now and I know it's not for me. Yeah, it's one less place you need to think about moving. I can take peace of mind knowing that I never really need to go to Vienna again. Yeah, and this thing's back to our property thing, doesn't it? Well, the reason a lot of people live where they live, where they always have lived, is because they get housed there. Yeah. And they're tied there. That's it, job done. That's good, isn't it? That's them. Um, and so that's why renting is so powerful because it can l- allow you to fucking live wherever. Maybe not so much now, which is a fucking shame because re- renting is ridiculous, like <laughs> prices-wise. Yeah. Um, so trying to rent somewhere in like a city centre in Manchester now, whatever, is fucking mad. But um, yeah, it's, it's certainly something to think about. It's a good point. But honestly, but go and do shit and see shit because I can guarantee you leave your home time, your hometown... For any period of time, you will come back and it will be exactly the same. Oh, yeah. 100%. Nothing will change. Have I spoken about that before? I, I, speak, I spoke to you about it before, definitely. Um, 
again, my only frame of reference is the Marines, so I apologise, I'm going to use it again. Um, but, but being away for massive periods of time from this little place, we live in like a kind of little village. It's kind of phonetically sealed, isn't it? It's like yeah. a very vi- village mentality, even yeah. though it is a town. But So I would always, because again, young, not much perspective, I always go away with these, like to fucking America for eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. And I would always get FOMO, fear of missing out, of what's going on here. And I was thinking, oh, fucking hell, everyone's going out all the time. I'm not. Everyone else is doing this, this, and this. And then you realise you come back and fucking hell, nothing's changed. No. You're like, you're catching up. So in that 12 weeks, for example, I've done shitloads because I'm yeah. out in the desert doing random shit. I come back, I go to, go to you like, so what's, what have you been doing? I'm not working. Right. Yeah, fuck all. Brilliant. And everyone just wants to know what you've been doing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. their existence is so futile. <laughs> That they, they they want to live vicariously through your memories. Yeah, this is it, and so it's it's all the more motivation and, and drive to probably go and do shit. Certainly in that area area of your life where you can, when you've got no fucking commitments. That whatever. like eighteen to like golden era, twenty two, twenty three block mm. is prime travel time in my mind. Yeah, hundred and don't fucking don't not do it because of fear of like falling back a little bit. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Because honestly, like, there are people in their late 20s who haven't got their life sorted out. Mate, there are people at all ages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they'll, be, they'll do fine. No, they're, they're absolutely fine. And that extra two years you push, you know, say, say let's play it out. Say you're 20, right? And you decide not to go travelling, you're going to double down on your job. So, you get, so you're in the job market a year before you mate two, who does Two go. years, whatever, a year before, two years. And so you're building up for another year. Eventually, when your mate comes back and drops in, He's just going to be where you were a year ago, but he's just going to map up fine. And now, when you're forty-five, he'll be in the same kind of place because yeah, because like twenty years down the line, theoretically, you'll still both be at the same place. Yeah, because like that, those two, that two after twenty years, those two years don't really seem like a lot, do no, they? No, and you think financially as well. Like what your earning power, earning potential when you're forty plus is far greater than when you're twenty-one, twenty-two. Yeah, regardless of where you are, regardless of what industry you're in. You're always gonna be starting out, so that year you bank like a thirty grand salary, you know, in, when you're um, twenty one, say you're accounting or whatever. When you're like, if you wait until you're forty to have a midlife crisis and go fucking travelling and miss that year, yeah, that year could be worth one hundred twenty grand to you because yeah. you're, you know, you're you're earning a lot more. So there's no argument I can I can see that means you shouldn't go travelling in that period of time. Look at them, you yeah, look. How could you? How would you go about even trying to quantify the monetary value of like all the wisdom and experience you gain while you're travelling? Like, give it a go. It's far greater than the thirty grand paycheck you pick up, surely. And the idea again, this whole thing is now Bill Perkins, but it's fine. <laughs> um, the the idea of memory dividends. Do you hear about? Yeah, that? yeah, you're yeah. Familiar with that, right? Yeah. So the idea that. Um, obviously when you're in the experience you get the joy of the experience so say it's fucking going skiing or whatever with your mates yeah. you get that week of actual experience but also whenever you in the next 60 years of your life so you, say you go when you're 20 you're going to live to your 80 the next 60 years of your life you can dr- draw back on that when you're together and say oh fucking I remember when that happened exactly. that's a memory dividend so you get dopamine from that which also plays into its value and whereas it- if you go when you're 60 right on that same ski trip, um, you now only have 20 years of memory dividends rather than 60 years. That's why people always hark back to school days. Yeah. You know, when they meet up. Yeah. Because that's yeah. when they had the most fun. Yeah. And after that, they rapped. 
Well, after that becomes like Groundhog Day, isn't it? So there's no yeah. re- no real like take homes or until you have you, know, you you have a kid or there's something big that shifts. Yeah. Every every week, if you work it, and it's pretty much the same. But yeah, no, that's the odds of you being born in the right place are minuscule. I like that. So go and explore. As you can probably tell, we both read the same book on this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Shout out to Bill Perkins. Uh, number five. Okay. Yeah. So again, pretty obvious one. You kind of touched on it with the commercial gyms, but I'll say. It. So, capitalism and health. Yeah. Don't mix. I like this. Right. So. I think this is bollocks because it should be the case. So everywhere we went was obviously a thriving capitalist society. Yeah, it was like the we went to major major Western cities, didn't we? So they are like the epicenter of global capitalism, really, aren't yeah, they? Like exactly. So anyway, they're trying to find decent scram, and by decent I mean nutritionally decent scram in a like major city. Yeah, is unnecessarily hard. Like, everywhere you look, you've got a Mackey's, Five Guys, all these franchised bags of shit yeah. right, that you can just go to everywhere you go, Starbucks, whatever. Everything sells shit because it's mass-produced, therefore they can put it at a lower pro- lower, lower price and yeah. make higher profit on it. Uh, yeah, they can sell more of it to make higher profit. So, in order for them to get fresh ingredients in, it will cost them more as a business, which isn't viable. So therefore, they can't roll it out on a bigger scale. So whenever you find like a decent, like that Dean and David's, which was decent, it's only, it's only a couple of them because yeah. they can't. They They're few and far between, aren't they? Because they are dealing in fresh produce. Like cities, ultimately, aren't designed for rational decision making, are they? They're, <laughs> they're entirely, they're entirely designed for impulsivity. Yeah, I get. Well, that's marketing because they're because they're permeated by marketing. Because yeah, they, exactly. Because they're you know businesses are everywhere so marketing is everywhere and marketing is there to make you make a decision yeah exactly you wouldn't all, otherwise have made everything in the city is designed to tap into our desires and cravings yeah to make you impulsive yeah that's why there's shit food everywhere there's fucking sex everywhere and there's fucking drugs and booze everywhere that's a fair point yeah and and, all, and this looks back because so health and fitness certainly is one of those things that, that isn't instantly gratifying and so it doesn't play. So it has no place. So has no place. So in that sort of trifecta of drugs, <laughs> drugs and drink, sex and shit food, you know, health yeah. doesn't play anywhere into that. That's why all the CrossFit gyms are in like fucking basements. It's like Fight Club. Yeah. It's like you've got to join the underworld to get fucking get a decent rig in a city. It is mad. Um, it, that's mainly because of rent prices. So to yeah. be fair, because they have to be like out of the way and in the fucking in warehouses. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Like the the system of capitalism doesn't seem to work with upholding decent standards of health. And don't get me wrong, it's no excuse. You can you can still do it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it's it a lot doesn't harder it, in the city. Doesn't make it? it easy anyway. No, my final point is tied into that comment of yeah, and it, it's the most of the stuff that we own is completely superfluous. Well, I like that. I do like that. Yeah, and I know what you mean. Because we've just lived out of. I know yours was slightly bigger, but I've just lived out of a thirty liter rucksack. For two and a half weeks, right, with no issues whatsoever, really. It is mad, you know, it is mad. Because I got back, actually, uh, and obviously, mum and dad are fucking, like, piled on my... De-hoarding. Yeah, no, they're, like, piled on my clothes on my bed, so I had to sort them all out. Um, And so, in doing so, I realised how much fucking clothes, how much shit I have. I just have loads of shit I don't need. Why do I have so much stuff? You just... Well, it's the the fight club 
quote and I just mentioned Fight Club it's yeah. like the things we own end, end up, up owning us, us. Yeah. it's yeah. so true it's true it is, it, things things like but know, the finance bigger, cars and houses but yeah, make, but the, make exactly the bigger the investment the more it ends up owning you yeah, because true. the more financially tethered you are to it mm, that's fair well people do have like these um, you know the, the big clear outs and stuff which probably I should do but then you just feel wasteful of throwing all the shit away. And there's always that that monkey in your mind going, oh, I'm going to need it. I might need it. That's the whole mentality. Yeah, well, this is... That's I been was, bred um, into us, though, because we've got northern families. True, true, true. Uh, it's it's a weird one. You are right, though. We we have far too much, like, random useless shit, basically. Like, I know, just don't need. Like, I know we have to do, like, laundry every few days, but that's only because we, like, trained hard every day. Yeah, true. And that we don't want to sit in horrible, sweaty... Gym yeah, you could just all live, week. couldn't you? In if you didn't, didn't but train. if it wasn't, to be fun. honest, if you didn't train, life would be so much easier traveling, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Which is why they all look fucking. That's why they all got washed rigs, isn't it? Yeah, the it, but traveling. this is the thing as well. It'd be so when much cheaper trained, as well because all you eat is just a fucking pot noodle every day. I know, but we train and dug out on our nutrition. We still have washed rigs, McKenna. We still have washed, yeah. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> but I'm not going to give up. I want to get it back. Yeah, well, I'm already on the way. Uh, and a fucking five minute mile for there <laughs> yeah. he went running today and it's mad you'd never know because he's not mentioned it nah it's not even on Instagram no mad. it's not easy it's Instagram. Mad. he didn't chewed my ear off about it he's not probably told all of his clients about it either no well, that was my first opening thing how was your yeah. day yeah I went for a run yeah I'm better uh, than you and you pay me to tell you that <laughs> um, what did he say yeah it's it's definitely a good point the the idea that things that we own end up owning your life because it's um it's very true the I always think that with cars mainly for some reason because I feel like cars are a bit of a fucking well they are just a status play aren't they 100% like a car like a really basic car can do what a car needs to do the only reason anyone gets an expensive car is because it's status and so but it's like that Rory Sutherland thing you know he's saying like the value it's not the actual it's not the actual monetary value of the vehicle that gives it its status it's kind of how fucking use how, how, how utterly unnecessary unnecessary it is, it is yeah. yeah so the whole it doesn't serve a, a no so the whole reason that having a Porsche or like a Ferrari in Knightsbridge in London is a status symbol is because it's completely fucking useless useless because mm. yeah. <laughs> it's not suited to the road you can't park it you yeah. can't drive it anywhere you can use this engine it's 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 going to be inefficient fuel wise you're going to be spending shit loads of money yeah. so everyone knows that you must have excess resource like far in excess of what it costs to buy that, Just because which you can. then means you, you know, which then means you, uh, <coughs> you are very wealthy, which which puts you on high, in a high status. But then equally, because these things are so ludicrous and they take so much time and effort to look after, they end up absorbing your existence. Well, yeah, absolutely, and you wouldn't. It's these people that well, like look, fucking... it's that sunk cost that fallacy, isn't it? Yeah. Because you've spent so much money into it, and you probably have to maintain it with so much money as well that if anything happens to it or whatever you feel like you, you're so tired to it you have to like yeah. um, you're getting mega stressed about it and all this sort of stuff it's like these and people that... that spend like their Sunday mornings washing their cars on their drives with like certain shampoos because otherwise yeah. it will scratch the paint or getting it to glisten it's like, getting it to glisten yeah. oh you can't take it to the, the Eastern European car wash down the road because they scratch it yeah right you drove your car out the, full, out the showroom and it, it depreciated in three grand immediately and, and, the rest. and you know that yeah, and the, and, fu- and the fucking... And now you're nitpicking over which fucking car shampoo you use. Yeah, and it's that James Smith quote always like, touch, he's like, you know, that bloke who's driving that car, 
still has to wait in a queue for his coffee. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? he's still in traffic. <laughs> yeah, he he sat in the same fucking set of lights as me. Well, yeah, but it, now he just finds it hard to park. But yeah, I have a comfy seat. Yeah. And I, I also have air conditioning. Yeah, 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 and um, and I I can park it better. Who was it? Now I was listening to is Alex Formos. He was he was on about um buying like the mental fucking crazy cars, and he was um. I think he said he's bent. He's Bentley has because they're trying because they only make a certain amount of these cars. It's going off topic a little bit, but because they only make like because they're so expensive to make, yeah. they only make like hundreds of them, right? So they're not prototyping them, and so because they're not doing so much beta testing, so much testing, so much testing, they actually end up with a, a substandard product in terms of like how it works, the technology in, in it and stuff. If you get something that's like a Ford Ranger, where they're making millions of them. Yeah, it's tried. Because they're tried and tested, and, tested. And, and they have so many users that go and say, this is shit, change this, change this. Yeah, because you've, so I mean, you've got hundreds of thousands of people driving them all like over the planet. Board. Yeah. So actually, like the lived experience and the, and the the technology within the vehicle is actually better than yeah. his fucking £350,000 car. And he was like, it's shit, don't buy one of them. It's fucking wasted. Yeah, money. it's not tried and tested, yeah. it's overpriced. Exactly. He's buying the badge and the, and the speed. <laughs> but yeah, materialism's overrated, and most of the stuff that you own and that is surrounding you now, as you listen to this, is completely superfluous, <laughs> and you know that. Well, now you do. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what's the action steps we can take from that way? Uh, Get rid of shit. Less mindless consumerism. I think. Be more conscious about what you buy. Do I actually need it? Yeah. I'm, and bad, I'm a, bad at that. And we and we need to distinguish here between wants and needs. Mm, true what do you want what do you actually need because there is a distinction you need very very little exactly but we want a lot because we're also, well, con- th- we're also conditioned to think that we need a lot well I've been thinking this since my fucking phone smashed I'm like right need a, need a new phone laptop's slow need a new laptop but do I need it or do I just want a new laptop because it's better because the phone's better no, but I, yeah, but the thing is this is this is a weird thing that I that you that I've noticed, right? Because I think very rationally. Yeah. I know you spend all of your day either looking at that screen yeah, or that, that screen, screen. Yeah, yeah. and your entire work output is dependent on how fast that is and how fast that is. That's true. But you, for some reason, you can't make the the you can't vault the psychological chasm that gets you to the point where you think actually my entire my entire business is dependent <laughs> on these two pieces of technology. I should probably reinvest in them. Yeah, you're right. You are right. This um, initially, this one I didn't pay for, so that's good. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the, the, uh, even more so because you haven't even fucking bought one. You could actually just buy one for yourself, given that well, the first I'm one like, was free. Secretly, I'm like, yeah, but I've got it for free now. I want it always for free. But then if I buy one, I haven't got that lack of accolade anymore. But yeah, I will do. I will upgrade it. But uh, but yeah, I, th- this phone's gas. Like this camera on this is fucking toilet. Now I've been exposed yeah, to yours. You, yeah, and you upload social media posts, visual social media posts every day. Yeah. And you're working true. with obsolete technology, lad. True. Yeah, I will get my money's worth when I have to do it. That is something you can't actually justify. Whereas yeah. the this a- is what I'm thinking. Whereas saying. the Athex merch that we want to buy at the weekend is just a want. We don't need that. No, that's fair. At all, do we? We've got loads of Fizzry. After, that is just but, but that is just a false one. But we will be making the verses when you do. <laughs> but we're conscious of it. Yeah, fair, I guess so. Yeah, the, you don't uh, need to live like a monk. You just need to be conscious of your consuming. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because as long as you're conscious of it, eventually you will draw the line. 
and you'll gauge what I actually do need and what you don't need. Fundamentally, you need like somewhere to live, something to like. This is another thing. Homozy, my spiritual king, as you might know. <laughs> uh, no, he he, he wears, might enter my echo chamber soon. He will. We'll we'll, 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 we'll have a special episode for that. Though, oh yeah, because he's, he's you know. It's, it's notoriously difficult to get into yeah, there's about uh, four, there's about four or five people in it at the moment, give or take. Yeah, it's a, it's almost like SF selection. You have to, <laughs> you have to go through various things. Um, well, technically, it's harder because there are less people. Fair. Yeah. Well, that's how you that's how you gauge it, I reckon. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he wears the same shit every single day. So he when he and he, he's kind of known. There's like there's like there people sell um, outfits of, of Alex Almosi. Yeah, he's like um, he's like that's a good meat. branding though. Exactly. That is he's very like good branding. Meat. But I think accidentally he's because he's stackers, right? He can live in a beater. This and is right. This is the other reason why it's worthwhile having a good rig because mm. you don't need to fucking dish out Very on, on four hundred pound fucking like what, what, what shit? I don't know. What fucking Balenciaga t-shirts or something? Oh, you know people that just plaster themselves in brands, brands to try and hide the fact they've wrapped on their rig. Yeah. yeah. If you just have a good rig, people are happy to just look at your rig. So the less clothes you have on, the better. Yeah, well, that's true. And and you also, you fit clothes better, and so you don't have to spend more on, on clothing that like maybe is tailored or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. So, but yeah, he, he, he wears a pair, like, same colour pairs of shorts, uh, and a tank, and a cap, right? And if he wants to go out somewhere, because they're jean shorts, he throws a flannel on, and that's it. That's class. It's mad. So he goes to the gym, takes the flannel off, job done, gym, and then... Both final back on meeting restaurant. <laughs> it's like Perfect. I can do everything in this. Exactly, year, in this. he's got one outfit repeated a few times, it's and that, that navigates him through every possible environment that life throws at him. And like you say, it's branding because it, on the Fair Points podcast, James Smith, they were talking about the same thing, and James Smith goes, "I've got a whole mosey outfit." And goes and goes and puts yeah, it on. That's <laughs> classic. Like, He's got it squared. Yeah, class man. Anyway, um, yeah, that, that's a, that's a great, great yeah. point. I like that one. Uh, and if you need further inspiration as to why you shouldn't be a mindless consumer, watch Fight Club. Yeah, well, watch it anyway. Because it's a good film. It's a lot of hidden meaning. Right. Underrated, overrated jingle. It's either underrated... You've charmed me. ...or it's overrated. Well, that was fucking dreadful. Right, who wants to go first? You can go first. Okay, have you got one? Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. Mine, this, this is travel related. Uh, and I think we're, we're both going to have the same opinion of this. Hooters. Oh, yeah, massively overrated. Right, so I've heard a lot about Hooters over the years, but we don't really have one round by us, mm. do we? I think yeah. the nearest one's Nottingham. Well, and I've never been to it. You know far too much about it. I've only been, <laughs> no, I only know about it because Brad used to go to it. Ah, uh, of course he Because he, he likes American things. Yeah. Like, like, like you me. Uh, but yeah, Hooters, right, if you haven't been, is like this American-themed diner, diner suppose. Like a sports sports it's diner. It's a sports diner. And it's renowned for like the waitresses wear like skimpy uniforms and basically got their tits out. Which is horrible. Uh, they horrible. show like all sport, sport you could ever yeah. imagine. It's yeah. very predictable. It's very American. It's very manly, you know, very... Hyper-masculine. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And it's also shit. Well, the food's sh- fucking turd. Like, like, not no, not just like Mackie's turd. Like there's know. a whole substrata underneath. Like well, it's normal it's fast far, food. Far far worse than Mackie's. It's about ten times the price. So I think the reason for this, and the reason they can get away with everyone else being shit, 
is the fact that most of the time they're dealing in horny blokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And so you give a 65-year-old man the horn. Yeah, right. he doesn't he care. He doesn't give a shit about what he's eating because <laughs> he's staring at some tits. <laughs> How bad was the scramble you got there? Terrible, man. So, so we've gone in there, hung over, not wanting to gaze at boobs. Because no. we want to watch the Liverpool Newcastle game on Super Sunday. Yeah, we right. know, which we know is going to be. Which on. So we want football and scram. Like, but mm. boobs aren't on our radar, right? Mm. So immediately the main selling point of Hooters is lost on us. Yeah, exactly. So we saw it for what it is. Yeah, this is it. It's the, fucking shit. The mist came down, didn't it? Yeah. But this is the thing. The only thing I'll say is that Hooters in America would probably be good. Surely it has to be because otherwise, how has it got? How's if, it a global if, brand? If if the Hooters in Hamburg is what every Hooters across the globe is like. How is that a viable business model? Because nah, it, surely it's good in America. I, I, the ones outside of America must just be gimmicky, mm. and then the ones in America yeah, sure, must sure. be good. Surely, if any of you've been to American Hooters, let us know because yeah, I'm intrigued fair. now. I've taken this personally. I want to go. If, if uh, that'd be that'd be good. I don't know. It was fucking terrible. Though. Like the barman couldn't pour a, a, a <laughs> fucking gin <laughs> and lemonade. Need to spin this dick. Fucking so hell. we were asking for a gin and lemonade. This is the night before when we went. So we popped in for a drink when we were actually out, out. Yeah. Uh, just to see what it was like. And we asked the barman three times for two gin and lemonades. And he ignored us. He didn't ignore us. He acknowledged our order. He went, yeah, yeah, Sam. Went, and to, just did, went away and then didn't return with any drinks. Yeah. Three times. He then got <laughs> yeah. called over by his management. Who to, clocked, to serve these who, to, Yeah, who clocked on to the fact that he wasn't actually giving us our drinks. Yeah. And then to amend for the fact that he hadn't given us our drinks yet. He, in front of everyone... Poured like was that, they were like quadruple measures, weren't yeah, they? They filled good. most of the glass, and he had a massive beaming grin. Like, yeah. look, guys, I'm fucking sorting you out here, yeah. right in front of his manager, emptying the vodka bottle. Into yeah, that. who then obviously bollocks him because yeah. he's like, "What are you doing? That's not a fucking, that's not a single measure." Yeah, and then we still don't have our drinks because he's now getting a he's dr- now he's getting a dressing down, and you also got to remake the drinks <laughs> yeah. that he's fucked up. Yeah, um, and now we've got now we've waited another. 10 minutes for our drinks while he gets disciplined. Yeah. Bollocks. Stupid. Uh, yeah, that, that was in Hooters as well. So that, it was already down in my estimations on the night out. And then when we went back in the, the day. following day and got scran, it reaffirmed my suspicions. Yeah. Mind you, on the night, it was a kind of holy grail for decent tunes. Yeah, it was. But at that point, we were desperate. We were that, clutching that, at straws. Yeah, we were. Because anywhere in England, you'd get the same. Anywhere shit. that basically played like decent kind of. British tunes, American tunes, yeah. we flocked towards. Because yeah. there's, there's only so much German techno you can listen to. <laughs> Believe me, I've learned uh, that. And how much that is, is, is zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a very low German techno threshold, yeah. as I learned. Yeah, yours is lubricated by Aussie lingers, though, so. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway um, my overrated, underrated, or the other app. Dehydrated. Is Greg's. Oh! Yeah. Uh, Greg's is superb, isn't it's it? Really, really? Isn't it really? I know we're both fucking personal trainers, so we shouldn't really be preaching yeah. the benefits of Greg's. But he's fucking good in it. It's definitely. I don't even think it's underrated. I think people agree. It, it, yeah, it's it's fairly rated. Yeah, and it is. It's fantastic because it's one of those places. But it's like any, like any of these big big um, conglomerates. You can always go and trust the fact that it's going to be half decent. Yeah, and that's all you want from Greg's. But I, I think Greg's actually straddle. I they straddle the line so well between not just being like you know what you're gonna get, but it's actually like good. Yeah, you know, it is good. 
But it's not like Mackie's where it's like, it's a Mackie's. Yeah. Greg's. No, Greg's is good. It is good. The thing is, the problem is, it's almost too good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because it is really good and it's fucking horrific. Like it's like on the worst. It's one of the worst things you can have for you in yeah, terms oh, of like, it's not, it's... health. It's fucking horrendous. So when you have it uh, and it's so good, and then you have it again and again and again, you just get fat. So I have to keep myself away from Greg's for yeah. that exact reason. Yeah. And we were forced into eating a Greg's on the way back. And I doubled down. And I, do- and I had a steak bake for my sins and it wasn't bad and every day since I have thought about steak bait <laughs> and there it, herein lies the point exactly so I've got an anecdote about this uh, I won't name him because it will throw him under the bus but um, one of the lads so what happened in our uh, where our unit was the way it worked was we had our accommodation block and then we had to drive about 80, 800 metres down to our work place so <laughs> our place of work right was down down the road that road had our naffy into our um, uh, our shop on camp they attached a Greg's to oh, that shop that's dangerous that's dangerous that so you're making dangerous. that trip right minimum four times a day yeah right four times a day you're driving past a Greg's four, pa- four times a day you're driving past the waft of a steak bake exactly and so at least twice this bloke could go in <laughs> right? and he wouldn't just go in and have a bit he'd, he'd go heavy smash it you know them like four packs of sausage rolls yeah the cold ones yeah, yeah. he'd get one of them in I'd get a yum yum down him he loved it mate and then, uh, and then eventually this bloke's a brute net right um, eventually he was just fucking so fat mate he couldn't fucking <laughs> he put on loads of weight <laughs> he put on so much weight and then like we, he was known um, as like <laughs> as the true pan break on on, um, on troop runs because he'd just be fucking <laughs> battle away like that like you could always trust if you're on a retreat run with him that, that it would be slow because you'd have to wait for him. Yeah, that's you'd sound. have to go about 100 metres and, oh, fucking hell. Who's this? Oh, yeah, it's him again. Yeah, run again. Um, but it's fucking funny because as soon as that came in, into into play, the Greggs, it was like game, like game over yeah, for him. Yeah, he, he, he rapped on being a fucking commando at that point. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was fucking dangerous. I can empathise with him though because yeah, it is I, dangerous. I was saying I had so much of it compared Greg, to what I should do. Greg should come with a health warning. Well, because it's like, it's like crack. It is. <laughs> Especially if you if you got northern roots. And they're not so common down south. I can't get yeah. them, can't get on board with that. He was from Sunderland, so. Yeah. The, like, we do need to address the fact that you don't get many Greggs down south because that immediately does like makes me not want to trust southerners. No, it's true. Yeah. What do you get? That's weird. What do you get? Pretz. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's. It's good. Would you rather have a steak bake or a pret though? Pretz are good, but yeah, I don't know, man. It Would you rather pay? It's better doing a bench because you can you can have if you order well at Pret, it can beat Greg's in my opinion. But, Ooh, controversial opinion. Yeah, then. but it's easier to order well at Greg's because there's far more better options. Like the I mean? median level of yeah, Greg's yeah. is higher than Pret. Much, much higher. But like if you hit if you, hit, if you hit the gold, hit the jackpot. If you hit three Pret, pointer at Pret, then you then you're doing well. You're doing well. Then you go over the Greg's mark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's a funny, funny exchange about fucking. Mate, great. I remember food. at the end of term, we'd always go down to Greg's and just fucking rap, basically. Mm. So we go straight from school. Do that so we, mom, can I have two quid for a drink? Yeah, so we get we get a fiver. This is the end of term. It was a tradition before we'd spend the next fucking however long the holiday was gaming. <laughs> we'd do a quick pit stop at Greg's. Yeah, and we'd fill ourselves with pastry. <laughs> then, then we'd burn our school books. Yeah, uh, and, and then we'd commence with the gaming. Yeah, that was a good ritual. What a time to be alive. That was great. That's what I mean. Can we you fucking... Know? Yeah, can we just give homage to uh, to school days a bit? Because they were a bit shit sometimes. But, like, 
Year eight and year nine, mate, we'll hate it. Year eight and year nine, because you have no pressures of exams, but equally you're not the youngest in the school. Yeah. So you've basically got fucking free room to do whatever you yeah. want. Yeah, they're the learning years, in inverted they commas. Are. They're bollocks. But they're... Um, you're not, you're not you're not paying attention to any classes, are you? No. But at the end of those years, but that fucking week when you're about to finish for summer is insane. Yeah. Because everyone just raps. Because you've got fucking mate six weeks ahead of you of just doing nothing. Just and uh, imagine having that thought now. I always think about this. Always think about this. There's never that thought now. Two and a half weeks of travel had me buzzing, and we were still working while we were away. I know. Six weeks of just a, a black hole. It's mad, man. It's mental. I, don't I know you are, you're not. You're not like loaded. So you have like constraints. It's not like you can just go to fucking Bali for six weeks, is it? You know. No. See mom, like... mom. See you in six <laughs> weeks, loves. Some people do now. Stay true to yourself. Um, it's mad, you know. That's, uh, that's. I haven't thought about. It. But I always, always think at the same thing. Like having absolutely nothing to worry about. I guess you are though, because every it all expands, doesn't it? Yeah. Because if you have no pressure, no problems, or whatever, whatever little problems you do have, fill, fill. Yeah, the they do. Like little, little, like me, little, little mini off. ones. Like, yeah. oh, fucking that bird isn't texting me back. Literally, or, I was just about to say it's literally like some fucking bird took you out of a BBM fucking. Yeah, it is though, isn't it? Pin or whatever. It but was that called. is the end of the world. It's yeah. so interesting that you know that um, that little tiny issue can be blown into the proportion of like losing your business now. You know what I mean? Like, I know. It's fucking mad. Um, it just goes to show how your value alignment shifts as well. There you go, yeah. Because at that Proof. age, all we wanted to do was scram Greg's yeah. and play Call of Duty for uh, six weeks. And have Nat Slater messing me back on, on BBM. <laughs> Shut up, Nat Slater. <laughs> she appreciate that. She, 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 she doesn't listen. She definitely doesn't listen. I was, I was safe with that one. It's all right, because someone that does listen, who we went to school with, will send her it. That's good. So you still get to turn under the bus. That's fine. Okay. Uh, what was I going to say? I like, I like that bus. Yeah, so if we'd spent those six weeks being hoofing blokes... Just yeah. locking ourselves in a BJJ dungeon. Well, this is the we thing. We could have been absolute weapons. Yeah. And now I'm a sack. So, shout out again to my uh, my 14 year old friend on. Um, that sounds weird. But on <laughs> <laughs> and that's the last Brother Brothers episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Harry no. Shepherd has just come out as a paedophile. <laughs> no. <laughs> we did. Uh, we... On the seminar episode, you'll know because he got he got special mention there. But this uh, the seminar, <laughs> one of the lads came and he was young as fuck and he smashed it. He oh yeah, 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 yeah. We did we did give him a shout. Basically, this this lad came. He was the brother of one of one of the older lads. One yeah. of the older lads, and he was four, 14. fourteen. Yeah. yeah, he was an absolute animal. He's a savage. And He's got some kind of almost psychopathic mental ability to just push through for pain. Yeah, and think how much of a sack we were. At 14. He same, oh, he's rap, the same age. I'd rapped at 14. He was the same I was, age. Oh, I had breasts. <laughs> Generally, I actually had. Literally. There's a post coming on that soon. Yeah. On Eddie's page. Um, but yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Thinking about, thinking about how like far ahead he is than where we were. It's just Because you don't realise as well at the time because you're too busy being a sack. They are incredibly formative years for your kind of uh, athleticism. Oh, yeah. So all the time that you're spent not being physical... He's gonna fucking catch up with you later in life, basically. Well, you're just like leaving, effectively leaving game on, you games. You are leaving on the table, games on the table literally. because if you do anything at that age, you will capitalise on it. You get one. Yeah, yeah not maybe that age, but like sixteen, defo. Like, but you like you lay the you certainly lay the foundations at that age. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking mad. Like, well, I did fuck all from a weight bearing perspective. All I did was run and do push ups. Yeah, and that's why 
Uh, I've got a racked rig now. <laughs> but you are good at running. True. Well, I'm not that good at that. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, what a uh, sombre note to end on. Uh, we haven't ended yet. We've got reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. It is a short one, and it's also only relevant to us, so uh, unless you're also going to be doing it, in which case we'll one, see you there. I, I think I know one person who listens to this, I think. All right, sweet. Okay, do you want to introduce it? Yeah, so the Athex Games. So it's currently the 31st of August. Um, we are competing as a pair on the Athex Games. Is it the 2nd? Is that right? Yeah, the second, Saturday, Saturday the 2nd. So this Saturday. Um, so it'll be the Saturday before this comes out, won't it? Um, so yeah, we, we did the run through, I don't know if we mentioned that, we did the run through of the competition about two or three months ago. Yeah. And then decided to sign up for the real thing. It's like a free station event where you have strength, endurance and a circuit um, and you do it as a pair. It should be a good crack. It'll be a it'll be mad busy venue in Liverpool with all the like vendors and the brands going around. It'll be sick. And then we're obviously... We've got to send on the uh, on yeah the, on the night. So so we have done this unofficially, as Shep mentioned, and it was good crack then, yeah. wasn't it? And we were just basically guinea pigs testing it out because that was the first one that they'd ever done. Yeah, you got to think there was no atmosphere, no compete, no competitors, no nothing. No, exactly, and that was good. So yeah. we decided to go all in yeah. and actually compete. Go nuclear. Uh, so I'm buzzing because it's in a, it's in our kind of wheelhouse, really, isn't yeah. it? It's it's shooting. I'm not saying that we're going to smash it, but like it's the kind of fizz. We do anyway. It's perfect because it's not too... So, like, obviously our prep, as you might imagine, hasn't been amazing. Um, but it's the one of those things that, because of the way we train anyway, we just we can yeah. kind of turn our hand to it a little bit. But if it was something like a CrossFit comp or like something yeah, a bit fucked. more specialist, we'd be, be fucked because we haven't trained like that. But because that sort of hybrid S training... Just coincidentally, it's kind of... I was we, like, yeah, we'll do that anyway. Yeah, we sound. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And obviously we've got to send afterwards. Uh, which we will report on in the following podcast. So if you are Scouse and you do want to marry me, then hit me up. Yeah, or Irish. Not yeah, Irish for you, um, Scouse for me. Yeah, anyway, we shall report on that send uh, in the following episode. But yeah, thanks for listening. I think that was a pretty good episode. It's been nice to be back in the bar, as I was about been, to say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so much easier to podcast with you that are fucking crackheads. Or, or staring you out across a park or swans or, yeah, or was it a swan or no it was a seagull see, oh. fuck yeah. fucking fuck Bill Oddie over here <laughs> <laughs> he fucking had wings yeah uh, that was fucking jarring if you watch the last episode half of it is me just like scared that this thing's going to peck my eyes out um, but, but yeah, yeah it's much nicer to be back in here back safely in HQ yeah uh, have we got a plan for we the have. following episodes um, we, no we haven't got a plan for following episodes but I was going to say we are shortly going to upgrade yeah, we are going to pull pull the trigger on that. I know we've been gobbing off about it for ages. So our production value is about to go fucking through the ceiling, baby. Yeah, and uh, we're going to get guests on. We're going to get guests. We're gonna, if we're you've gonna... just got tired of listening to our sorry voices... Then Which I wouldn't blame you, because I have. Then uh, look at you, because we've got more, more shit coming. Yeah, so expect better visuals, better audio, and uh, better people with actual non-washed rigs. Yeah, and, and and they've done something to their And they've actually done something to their lives instead of just moan. <laughs> so on right. that on that happy note, we will see you next week.